0: Working and living with young children is never without challenges, and most of us were mostly aware of that fact when we jumped into teaching or, and or when we became parents. The thing is, there are challenges, and then there are challenges. Some challenges that the young ones in our lives present, even though uncomfortable to deal with, we know we can deal with them because we have instinctive and external resources we know we can rely upon. And then there are the challenges that defy logic, defy expectations, defy our understanding and our training and our previous experiences, stretching us too close to the limits of our capacity to respond in ideal ways. If you know what I'm talking about, either in your own lived experience or watching helplessly while another adult is trying to manage those kinds of challenges, then this episode about how digestion, diet, the brain, and the emotions are all interconnected is going to be very important for you. Dawn Navaratna Singham is a mother of four children and the honesty with which she shares her family's story is deeply inspiring, and the way she addressed the challenges is going to give real hope to many listeners. I am so glad to be sharing this conversation with you. My name is NeNe White, and this is the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. And, oh yes, of course, be sure to share, check out the show's notes for the helpful resources Dawn has provided don with the unpronounceable last name but i think i know how to do it don nava ratna singham see it just I'm...
1: rolls off the tongue it right
0: it does absolutely <laughs> once you get it it does <laughs> and uh you have four children i and, do uh life has given you some amazing challenges and you have risen to the occasion with such wisdom and uh, grace. And I just think that what you have to share with parents and teachers right now is so important. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you. So shall I introduce you or would you just like to start telling your story?
1: Sure. I'm I'm happy to To tell my story, um, my name, as you said, is Dawn Singham, but I do go by Dawn Nava to make it easier for everybody. And, you know, my maiden name was also four letters long. So I I like the shorter last name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I do have four children ranging age from seven to almost 18 now, I can't believe it.
0: Wow. Um,
1: And I have been homeschooling them all along. Um, My two oldest are no longer technically homeschooled, um, but I do homeschool my 10-year-old and seven-year-old boys. Um, I am a certified health coach. And interestingly, I sought that degree while my 10-year-old was a newborn, not realizing that I would be using that certification to help him down the road.
0: That was one of my questions, which came first.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a, um, just, I think being a mother just got me very interested in health and wellness. And so when I was pregnant with him, I'm like, well, I, I really want to, uh, pursue, you know, know how to feed my kids and all of that good stuff. But, um, I got so much more out of it and was able to apply it to some, a pretty serious situation in our family later on. So, um, my 10 year old son, he was my third. So I knew what to expect as um, far as in far some, as, way. in in some, some way. ways. Right. Right. <laughs> but as far as like, you know, the stepping stones of growing up, you know, my girls were talking before they were two, they were reading by the time they were five, they were, you know, doing math in their heads and multiplying and all of that good stuff. But when my son was two, he wasn't talking when he was three, he wasn't talking um and so I always felt like something was going on um I didn't know what and I was like the
0: difference between boys and girls brains
1: that's exactly what I attributed it to I'm like he's my first boy it must just be you know his brain is developing differently um and then he didn't read you know five came and went six seven eight years old and he's not even reading, you know, basic words. And so I guess I was in denial for a while, (laughs) but I did eventually seek, um, some, a a therapist to actually find out if he had any diagnosable conditions, Mm -hmm. which at that point she told me that he had ADHD, dyslexia and dysgraphia. So
0: dysgraphia.
1: dysgraphia is kind of, um, he has his handwriting is very poor. Um, he has difficulty tying his shoes, um, pumping himself on a swing, things that normally come so easily to the rest of us is very difficult for his brain to communicate those. Yeah. And it's a lot of the fine motor skills and just, um, an inability for his brain to decipher which the, like a consistent size for his letters when he's writing um, spacing between his words, punctuation, um, you know, not mixing up the lowercase and uppercase letters. So, yeah. So that I had never heard of before either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I should also say before I got this diagnosis for him, he did have a very explosive tantrum or, or explosive Frequent explosive tantrums, um, mm-hmm. that just kind of threw me for a loop. I was fine with them when he was a preschooler, but as he got older and they continued in public and they got worse and worse um, to the point where he was like physically hurting me. Um, I I knew that something was also going on there. So the ADHD There's
0: no that you could really put your finger on. Or- no, no, things
1: would just set him off or. Um, for example, if he was told no to something we were in Costco, once he just totally flipped out and was clawing me and, um, screaming at me and pounding on me. And, um, it was just, it, it was mortifying. You could feel yeah. all the eyes yeah, on yeah, me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, bad just mother. one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, yeah. So it was, it was pretty bad. Um, but I never suspected ADHD because I just figured that ADHD were were just kids that were hyperactive and couldn't focus and you know, just were bouncing off the walls, which that did not match what I saw in him. But the, um, the meltdowns and everything, the emotional dysregulation, it's all indicative of ADHD because not all kids have that hyperactive component. Right. So he has more of the inattentive type and the emotional dysregulation. Mm-hmm. So it all started making sense. And then I got to thinking, you know, I, I felt like I fed my kids a pretty healthy diet because I am a health coach.
0: Right.
1: Um, but then I started doing some research cause I, you know, I just, as a health coach, I just knew that what you ate made such a difference in how you felt. And I know that food can create disease or reverse disease. So it just got me wondering if there was any association between what he was eating or maybe what he wasn't eating and his symptoms. And if there was anything I could do about it, because I was looking at, you know, I had medication recommended to me, you know, behavior therapy, occupational therapy, um, you know, specialized tutors schools that cost $20,000 a year to go to. Were you pursuing Um, any of that? I, we did occupational therapy. Um, I didn't notice a difference. Um, I, he was diagnosed during COVID. So getting him into any kind of behavior therapy was impossible. We tried, but everybody was full. Um, and then medications I've just always been very leery of because I've heard a, a lot of, I don't know if they're horror stories but you know how they change kids personalities or how they ruin their appetites um give them like zombie like behaviors and then the medications are constantly being adjusted and increased yeah. and additional medications are added and it's it just seems like a big experiment to me and I did not want him to be a medical experiment.
0: I had a wonderful woman who has been involved with helping children and families with ADHD from decades, actually, big hearted. So I just asked her questions like that. What do I, what about what I hear about, you know, what you just described, the zombie and the personality changes and the, and she was so forthright. And she said, yes, absolutely. It's a balancing act and like a great big grown truck driver might just need a micro amount and the other will knock him out, and the little tiny kid will need, you know, a gallon every day or something. Yeah. So it was, yes, it's an experiment, but she did, I, I'm sorry, this is a side thing, but I don't, I'm not so skeptical and cynical about that anymore, right. so, um, I, but I, I relate to your experience and your response to all of that. And I love what your story is going to shine us into. So I'm sorry for that. Oh, no,
1: no, I'm not anti-medication. I know that it works for a lot of kids. I just didn't feel like it was right for mine. And then what happened when the medication wore off, you know? Right, exactly. Then we're we're back to square one. So I just really wanted to figure out why he was behaving in this way, why he wasn't able to read and address it from a more holistic approach.
0: Yes. So
1: I was. I did a ton of research um, for several months and discovered that there were foods that I was feeding him that were more likely than not contributing to his symptoms. Like, and so like um, gluten, uh, dairy, mm-hmm. um, things like that, that most people think of as healthy, right? Whole wheat bread. Um, you know, yogurt,
0: yeah.
1: whole milk, things like that, um, that that most of us parents are told from day one that our kids need. Mm-hmm. But what I found out was that in some kids who are susceptible to learning and behavioral difficulties, they have a really hard time processing those foods and it can create symptoms, which it was for him. So um, by removing those, adding some supplementations, he's he's I would say 75% better than he was a year and a half ago wow.
0: you know
1: he still has struggles I'm not gonna lie yeah but he's reading chapter books by himself whereas mm. a year and a half ago he wasn't even reading three-letter words
0: mm. he
1: wants to read he's oh. not he doesn't have meltdowns anymore you know mm. I'm not scared for my personal safety and my other kid's personal safety. Um, it's, it's just made a world of difference and he's like that 24 hours a day. So, um, you know, I don't have to just give him medication and let him be on the meds for eight hours and then have to deal with the other 16. Uh Um, so I just feel like by addressing what was going on in his body and balancing those just where whatever was dysregulated, um, has, for us been the, the best outcome.
0: Wow. What? Oh God. I mean, I'm almost crying about the relief for you and what you had to go through and what he had to go through. Right. Has it been very hard for him to give up bread? I mean, it seems like most kids just love
1: bread. (laughs) Right. And that's the interesting thing is that nowadays, so many people are gluten-free that there are some really tasty alternatives, which is what I I teach my clients is that there are replacement foods
0: for literally
1: everything out there. So you just have to find what your child likes and stick with that. And they're not going to feel like they're missing out on anything. They can still have cookies and cake and ice cream and pizza and all of that good stuff. They can still go trick-or-treating and eat Halloween candy and, and participate in all those important childhood memories that we associate with food
0: right right and is is he conscious of of what what he was what his life was like before and what has caused it to you know transform and what he needs to do and participate in and all that he can
1: definitely tell the difference um he would always tell us that he was dumb before which was just heartbreaking because he got to the age where he noticed all of his peers were reading all of his peers were you know swinging on the swings tying their own shoes um, writing things that he just wasn't able to do and it was really affecting his self confidence of
0: course
1: and then like after his meltdowns he would just feel terribly he'd be like I I don't know what came over me. I couldn't control myself. This is just something that I don't know what to do about. You know, I don't want to hurt you. Um, And you could see it on his face. He's Something happened to his face where he just became this different person. It was kind of in his eyes. You could tell that he was no longer in control of his own body. So he has his body back now and he's, totally willing to stick with the changes that we've made so he can continue feeling, you know, more confident about himself and, you know, actually try new things, which he was resistant to doing before and, and feels, you know, will go out on the soccer field with his friends and play soccer and feel, you know, like he's a competent player. and, And, you know, it's, it's just, I don't even know how to verbalize it. he It's just a completely different life for him
0: now. Wow. And of course, this is called the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. And I just see this conversation as intensely relevant to this topic of social emotional development. Totally. Because the body is, is the processing system for how we are going to interact in the world. Absolutely. With the people that we know and the people we don't know and the people we care about and even the people we don't care about in Costco. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Everything, everywhere, everyone. Right, right. Huge. And it sounds, you know, when I think about my ex-husband, if I talk to him about this and I see him having, he was a genius a long time ago, but I just watched him eat food that would kill me. you know, and, and was killing me, so I would stop eating it, and he wouldn't, and he's got all kinds of dementia now, and Mm. just all kinds of, you know, temper that he takes out on his kids, who have adored him his whole life, but they just don't want to be, so I just see this whole thing going over years, I mean, you saved your son's life. I,
1: I've never thought of it that way, but I think when you put it that way, it's, Ah. It's true. I mean, what you how you take care of your body from the earliest days is going to affect you for the rest of your life.
0: It is, it is, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about preschool teachers and kindergarten and first grade teachers who have this little child that comes in and without any warning, there's a meltdown and they will be turning to. Some kind of explanations like what you were getting in the beginning. Mm But maybe it is just dietary. There's a huge chance, there's a huge likelihood that it's that. But they're not the parents. They can't decide what the children eat. So, what Mm -hmm. kind of advice do you have for them, or guidance, or help, or support, or? I don't know. What, what can you say? Yeah,
1: but That's difficult when you are yeah. the teacher and you're not the parent of the child. Wow. Um, I guess it would be just having conversations with the parents or they are certainly they're aware that their child is having these meltdowns. What yeah. have they had to say about it? What have they tried? Yeah. Have they sought? Know, have they been to the doctor? Have they gotten a diagnosis? Um, and know if it's appropriate share some resources share some some books that you've read or websites that you've been to um that show you know scientific evidence of the relationship between food and mood
0: food Um, yeah the relationship between food and mood
1: right there are many many studies
0: that have been done
1: um, right that prove that relationship
0: Yeah. And um, I think if we pay attention to how we feel, you know, I just notice it so clearly. And I, I used to think I was a wimp and maybe I am a little bit of a delicate flower, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not a delicate flower. When I pay attention to these, these realities of how my body digests food. Right. And how other people, I mean, I I know a slew of people who are that way. It's night and day. It totally is. And I think people are becoming
1: more aware of that nowadays. Yes. Um, I mean, there's still, most people still subsist on the standard American diet, but I think that word is getting out um, and enough people have changed their diets and realized the, the stark difference in how they feel. That more people are open to hearing these types of, you know, this type of advice or this type of information, and sitting on it and digesting it and and seeing if if it's worth looking into further for them and their families.
0: Right, right. And um, I bet when you when you mention the American diet, I think about in Europe. Some of the things that we just take for granted, they, they have, they don't even allow.
1: Exactly.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about some of that?
1: Um, Well, they need to have warning labels for artificial colors on their, um, on candy products or anything else that has artificial colors in them, because, you know, it's a warning has been linked to hyperactivity in children. Wow! Um, Even
0: the tiny amount of coloring?
1: Oh, it's some one in three kids with ADHD actually shows improvement after they take out artificial colors from their diet. It's that profound. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, Europe also does not allow uh, genetically modified organisms in their food supply. Um, Whereas this country, we don't even label the foods that have genetically modified ingredients in them because- it's 60% of the food that you see on the grocery store shelves.
0: Right.
1: So we do label foods that are not genetically modified or some products do, Yeah. but that seems counterintuitive to me. It should come with a warning label um, or just not be allowed at all because there have been no studies as to the long-term effects of genetically modified ingredients on our long-term health.
0: I have a friend who I love and respect so much. She's so intelligent. She does such good work in the world. And she just got in this thing with me, just proving to me that GMOs are just the greatest thing to help, you know, increase food production and all this. And I just, I didn't have the the resources or even the bandwidth to spend too much time in that conversation, but it was so frustrating to me because it it has become like one of those political conversations where it's just I know this is not right it just totally you can't mess with nature that way no and think that you're going to know more than nature evolving over eons right and if you think about it like some
1: of these crops have been modified to produce their own pesticides so when an insect eats the plant its stomach explodes so this is what you're eating so what is it doing to your health mm. or they've been modified to withstand just an astronomical amount of herbicides sprayed on them, which includes roundup. Right. And that's what we're eating. That's what we're feeding the livestock that we eat as well. Right. Um, and those toxins build up in the tissue of these animals and we're ingesting it. So, you know, it, they're just everywhere and there have been, I mean, I think it's a pretty well-known fact that Roundup is a carcinogenic herbicide and who knows what other effects it has on the human body. So it's not, it's, I don't think it's simply a matter of messing with mother nature, but it's also a matter of what is on these plants that we're consuming. Um, But yeah, I mean, our food supply, for example, our, our the, the farming, the conventional farming techniques have depleted our soil so much that, you know, we're only consuming, you know, for example, 30% of the magnesium we did a hundred years ago.
0: Okay.
1: And that's not just all diet related. That's because the soil doesn't have those nutrients anymore for the plants. So even if we are eating super healthy or we think that we are, we're not getting the nutrition that we could have, you know, several decades ago.
0: Right. Right. Um, I just um, found out about a beautiful community-supported agriculture opportunity here in uh, Northern California, where I live. Do you do you yeah. participate in anything like that where you live?
1: Um, there are CSAs where I live. Um, I do enjoy going to the farmers market, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like to pick out my own stuff. I don't want to have just like a box that has. Yeah. You know, a limited amount of things, but okay. I love CSAs. Um, I actually belong many years ago when I lived in Texas, I belonged to one that I helped organize, and um, I think they're a great way to support your local farmer and the techniques they use to raise their food. Yes, and it makes you feel better, it's so much better than buying, you know, produce. I mean, any produce is better than no produce. But sometimes the produce that we get in our grocery store has traveled thousands of miles and was picked before it was ripe. And the longer a fruit or a vegetable is on the shelf, the less nutritional value it has.
0: Right.
1: So, I mean, CSAs are a great way to make sure that what you're eating is totally fresh.
0: Yeah. I mean to look at it when my friend took me to hers; it was just like, "Oh, that's what that's what food is supposed to look yeah, like." Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's beautiful, <laughs> isn't
0: it? Cooking with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. sorts of colors and and the and the leaves of the vegetables are just standing up straight and just. Yes, oh, I mean it's not like I would buy vegetables that aren't, but there's a, when it's just picked. There's just another vibrancy, and. You know, we're not used to, th- we just don't think about that, especially in America, no. you know, just stop the make the hunger go away was always right. my mindset, you know, whatever. Right. right. I just, I am realizing more and more, we can't think like that if no. we if we want to live the life that we want to live.
1: Right. I mean, we're just not biologically made to eat so much of the things that we eat. Our body doesn't know what to do with it.
0: Exactly, exactly. So you, uh, I really want to people to be able to reach out to you and ask questions. and, And you have a wonderful website and you have an incredibly generous offer to talk to people without any charge, just to find out if your advice and your wisdom and your research and your experiences are relevant to their lives. So. Yes, yes.
1: I do have a website. It's dawnnavacoaching.com. It's not Dawn Nava Rotnasingam coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Just Dawn <laughs> Nava Coaching, D-A-W-N-N-A-V-A. Um, and yeah, on that, um, I you can get a free guide that talks about the five most common foods that you may be feeding your child that are actually inflaming their body and their brain and leading to their symptoms and what you can eat instead. Um, I also walk through the components of my program, the balanced brain method for kids and talk about exactly what that entails, which is, you know, removing those foods that are inflaming your child's digestive system and their brain and adding some key supplements um, for optimal brain function and then incorporating a brain rebuilding diet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But yeah, I'm always happy to talk to people. I do offer free complimentary consultations um, where we can go over your, your child's unique situation, what you've tried before, and whether or not a natural approach is right for you. And a lot of people have tried various natural things. They maybe have tried supplementation and haven't seen any results, or they've removed some foods, but haven't seen any results. Um, but what I found is that you need you need to do it in a certain order um, and you need to make sure that you include all the foods that are bothering your your child's body, because every body is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you connect all those dots, that's when you really start seeing the magic.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, how long? Was it, you, you made these changes for your son. How Mm -hmm. long did you have to wait until you started to see, oh, okay. There's a real change happening here.
1: Right. Right.
0: I would say, um,
1: I would say within a month, I started noticing some changes Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and, you know, this is not, it's, it's not medication. It's not going to give you an immediate result. It's more of like of a prolonged sustained improvement. Um, for example, like removing gluten from a diet, it can take up to six months for the body to rid itself of all the gluten that's in there. So you'll see more like slow improvement as the gluten is leaving the body. Um, Omega 3 supplementation, which is really important for kids with learning and behavioral difficulties. 99% of the population is deficient in omega 3 Mm -hmm. um, fatty acids. Um, That can also take six months to reverse a deficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, That supplement in itself, I feel like, is uh, most of the reason why my son is now able to read. because omega-3 fatty acids are an essential fatty acid, meaning you have to get them from the diet. And my son was not eating foods that contain those. Like he hates fish. Mm. Um, So, you know, the salmon and other seafoods are really high in omega-3 fatty acids. And so his brain, I think, was literally starving for them.
0: How do you get them now? uh, He, yes, he gets
1: every day, he gets omega-3 supplementation, a fish oil pill. Yeah, so- It can take, I would say, up to six months to see maximum benefits, but you will start seeing that gradual improvement usually within the first 30 days.
0: Right. So I think it's important psychologically to, to realize this is a long game. Totally. And we're not covering up symptoms. We're healing. Exactly. And it's not a short term um it's not a short term way of feeding
1: your child it's adopting a new lifestyle mm-hmm. and a lot of people kind of that's where they they stop and they're like i can't eat this way forever um but what my clients have found is that as they're incorporating this new way of eating it does become second nature and they And they are happy about the changes that they see in their child. Their child is happy about the changes. Um, And I encourage my clients to eat the same kinds of foods that their children do. And they start feeling different themselves. Mm -hmm. So with that combination, people are like, okay, this is totally worth it. Um, And I'm going to put in the effort to make sure that this is how we eat from here on out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think that easy is overrated sometimes. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) We
1: all want the easy way, the fast way, the quick way. Um, And that's why there's so many over-the-counter medications um, that people go to instead of looking at their fork first.
0: Yeah. Um, I I'm just keep getting this urge to tell you that I used to have, I, I was in a very stressful life situation, like 20, 25 years ago. And out of nowhere, I came down with full blown rheumatoid arthritis. Interesting, crippled, gnarly uh, fingers, the whole thing and a friend just guided me through dietary changes. And I just had to take her for, and there was this low, slow, but I just kept doing it, you know, getting off of dairy, getting off of wheat, getting off of sugar. And I did some other things too, and took care of the stress and, but this body, I don't have, I walk miles every day. I mean, I was, I was literally couldn't move
1: and had no energy
0: and the brain fog and everything. So, I mean, I just, I really honor what you do, Dawn. It is, it is so important. It's the difference. Yeah. Like I've said before, it's all the difference for people.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you're feeling better oh yeah. and that, yeah, you were guided in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because and, I, I feel the same way as you do. When you take those medicines and you start have to take another one to counteract the effects of the first one and on and on we go. And right. I just, no, that just wasn't interesting to me because the body has a so much intelligence that beyond our, yeah. you know, we can just hope to tune into it and get aligned with it in my mind. Right.
1: Right. It always wants to heal. You just have to give it what it needs to do that. And medication is not always, not always the best answer.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, I like the way you said that because, you know, medicine, I'm grateful for the vaccines, you know, and just, you know, but let's think about things and open up to new possibilities. Yeah. just, Just consider them. Don't have to adopt them, but can we just look at them and see why they might be have some value?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: I really appreciate that that you know if people reach out to you and they could have a conversation, a personal conversation with you to see how relevant this is. So,
1: oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I I talk to people who are their child eats the standard American diet and they don't see how this can help um, but are curious to know more. And I've also speak with people who feel like they feed their child a very balanced diet right. and are questioning how they how changing anything else could possibly help. But as we walk through their situations, they learn that there are changes that can be made um, and hopefully they become more open to the possibilities that it can work for their families. Cause that's, everybody needs hope. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that when my son was, when we were in the worst days, I just, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I loved him, but I didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah it was horrible. It's such yeah. a horrible feeling as a mother to admit that you don't like your own child. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just dreaded the days I oh. feared going out in public cause I never knew what was going to happen. It's just, oh. you know, I, I knew something was wrong with him. And at the same time, I was feeling sorry for myself. Like yeah. why me? And oh. this is not the life that I want and all of this. And, um, but now everything everything has changed, and that's just because I let his body heal.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank you for your honesty. I, I know that listeners will relate to that. You know, because there's all the guilt too, and the there's so much guilt. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it it doesn't have to
1: be that way. If we're just if we can talk more openly about it, um, you know, it's not putting on a brave face is not going to make things better. Um, You know, not reaching out for help Mm -hmm. is not going to make things better. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, it's, as a mother, I just feel like we need a community with our fellow mothers to be real and talk about what's really going on with our mothering journeys and how we can best support each other. And so that's what is very fulfilling about what I do is that I can actually help other mothers realize, you know, that restore that harmony in their home and have that peaceful, happy family life that most of us dream about from the time we're a child.
0: Peaceful, happy, and energetic, and clear. And exactly,
1: well, I will say peaceful most of the time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say
1: that everything
0: is yeah home story over here and we never
1: have issues that's not what i'm trying to say
0: but uh i get that you're being very very real (laughs) and i totally appreciate that (laughs) i just this has been so rich have i forgotten to ask you anything that you know that we need to hear or
1: i i don't think so i i just you know i'm just so grateful for the opportunity that you've given me to come on here and talk about my story. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm here to help other families and I want other families to experience what we experienced because it really has been, like you said, it's changed my son's life and it's changed my life and it's just changed everything for our family. Um, So it's been a long journey. It's been a hard journey and I've learned so much along the way, um, but it's been totally worth it. And I feel like I have something that I can share with other families. I know what it takes now to, to alleviate these symptoms and they don't have to, you know, just do with the trial and erroring that they've been doing. Um, they can follow a a proven method. So they're not lost. Um, and they know what to do, and to try to ease that transition. Um, is is what I'm hoping for.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Um, all right. So, and maybe you'll give me some other resources to put into the show's notes besides your uh, website. Sure. Yeah. Great. Great. I can do that. Great.
1: Yeah, I have a, a Facebook um, group that okay. that I would love for anybody interested to join where I do give lots of tips and other information um, to help families for free to help their children.
0: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Now you're, you are the, you are a gift. You are a gift. So the- oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Don. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. Dawn. Okay
0: will be in touch and i i joined your facebook group i yes i saw that yes yeah. <laughs> so i'm excited to learn from you as well oh well thank you okay so all my best to your beautiful family and oh thank you so much yeah. i appreciate it thank you all right all right we'll be in touch okay bye bye So have you thought before this conversation about diet as a possible approach for balancing children's emotional and cognitive issues? Does it almost seem too simplistic or too big a challenge to take on? Did Dawn's experiences and explanations help you to look at these issues from a different perspective? I hope you'll check out the links Dawn has provided in this show's notes and if any of her experiences match yours then i want to encourage you to accept her invitation to schedule a call so you can talk with her about your family's unique situation and then discuss what working together would maybe look like as always thank you for being part of the big picture social emotional learning community together we can make wiser and better informed decisions for the children in our care that will bless, affirm, and evoke the best that is within them, waiting for us to acknowledge and to nurture. Okay, so, and if you haven't already, please join our Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Facebook group. The link is in this show's notes as well. All right, thank you. Talk to you next time. Bye.